Just call me Britta because I'm filtering out toxic people, places, and things. Everyone's a bottom when you're at the top. <laughs> for pride. Wait, That's for pride month. <laughs> Wait, you said before you were like, I'm not sure about my tag. That was an iconic tag. That was really <laughs> okay, good. good. I was in, right, I'm, good. I feel like I'm like dance momming you. I'm like, that's so good, <laughs> sweetie. <laughs> it's like giving big Chris Jenner energy and I'm here for it. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 232. I'm so excited to be joined by one of my favorite people to follow online, to text just constantly bothering you with my takes and questions and more. You know her from going viral on social. I swear to God, more often than New York One gives a weather update. This woman <laughs> knows how to get our attention, and I love her for it. Writer, producer, host of the podcast, Pot Psychology, proprietor of PipeDreams.com, who's actually wearing... That fun. Did I say calm? I, it's because I don't it's know fun. how to have fun. F-U-N. because <laughs> I don't know how to have it, Tracy Morsey. Pipedreams.fun. She is selling some of the sassiest, most fabulous merch on the interwebs and is also doing um, some merch for a great cause, including a shirt that she will tell us about that she's wearing to record. Welcome back to Andy's Girls, a woman who knows herself a lot of fun, Tracy Morrissey. Tracy. What an intro. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, don't you love a little it's typo? It's been too long. Don't you love a little typo? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And there was there have been a lot of shows on. I feel like it's constantly housewives. It's kind of, it feels a lot like work actually to keep up um, lately because it's I've been I've been kind of overrun because there's what like four going on right now. We've got Atlanta, Dubai, Beverly Hills. I feel like I'm missing one. Girls, girls trip. trip. I have to say, last week felt a little bleak not just even in content not because of SCOTUS just in the sense of watching in order to record that episode three I had to watch three episodes of Girls Trip Dubai Beverly Hills it was a lot a lot of content a lot of content hours hours (laughs) literally hours even you guys literal hours and I decided to start watching Season four of Love Island, which had been recommended to me by friend of the pod, Mariah Smith, as the season mm. to start with. Although I've seen another season previously, but I was I was talking about this with a friend. I don't remember. Shout out, Katie. I don't remember what season I've seen, who won. Me neither. I've players. only ever watched one season. I couldn't tell you what it was. My issue with that show is there's too many episodes. Because in I the know. UK, it I comes know. on like several times a week. I think it's yeah. every night or five days a is week. Is every least. night? Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's just too much and like not enough happens for me. They need to like do like a, like a, like a, I don't know, a recap episode of the week for streaming because it's just, it's too many. Well, so they actually do do a recap episode. I have gotten permission to, I got permission to skip those. It was, I think, including the Christmas special, which honestly was my favorite. (laughs) It was like literally 57 or 58 episodes. I skipped the recaps, but I think it's every night. I mean, it's like, 
it's a real commitment. It's actually one of those shows that my guess is is easier to watch in real time than yeah. binging. But I but I watched all of season four in like. I'm not kidding. 45 minutes. I just got through 57, 58 episodes accepting the recaps. And my God, I feel like I have accomplished something in my life. To be honest. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. But anyway, how's Brooklyn? How are you doing? What a wild question to ask any woman in the country right uh-huh. now. But um, how are you? How's your day going so far? It's OK. You know, uh, I feel like helpless. So like I like there's nothing that I can do and I'm sure and I don't I'm not even pregnant in a hostile state. I can't imagine what it's like for mm. um, those women and girls, girls like little girls, little 13, girls. 14 year old girls um, who've been sexually assaulted and are unable to obtain an abortion. It's it's just it's so fucking heartbreaking. Um, but I don't know. I so. The only thing I can do is I made shirts. Um, they're embroidered. It says abortion is health care. I have crop tops, T-shirts, sweatshirts, and hats. And um, uh, on all of the product pages, there's a list of places where you can donate money uh, to the states where now abortion is almost complete, either completely banned or will be banned by the end of the month be completely banned. I mean, it's quite a lot of states. Um, and then the proceeds from the shirts will go to um, be split among those organizations. It's The organizations are, are places that help women get abortions out of state. They provide funding. They provide logistics, transportation, all of that kind of thing. Um, I highly encourage people, get yourself a fabulous looking shirt, make a difference. Um, wear it to a protest. Wear it to a protest. I have to say shout out to the 17, 18 maybe women content creators who came together um, to raise some funds over the weekend. We raised over $10,000 for Planned Parenthood, which is incredible. All thanks to people for donating. And I heard from a lot of people who are like, can we please do a fundraiser for more targeted organizations that are on the ground? Organizations that you don't everyone thinks of plant parenthood first like mm-hmm. are there other organizations we can support and i hear you we'll, we'll do another fundraiser to be honest i think so many of us were in shock when the ruling came down this was uh a um group effort that came together and i'm not fucking with you like literally 30 minutes um mm-hmm. and we're so overwhelmed with the response i do want to do another one so um slide into my dms or actually don't do that i'm going to be posting <laughs> an instagram story when this ep- episode goes up with your recommendations of organizations um to consider for hopefully for doing this again i want to shout out everyone who donated that's literally i had a a fundraising goal of $2,000 to reach in a month. And I was like, I don't know. I've never done any kind of fundraising on social before. And just want to thank everybody for donating. It was really, really incredible to see. Um, it's, it's really depressing. It's really depressing. It's like a weird thing to be hosting a podcast about housewives at this moment in time because it's like couldn't we just sit in silence for an hour because often that is what my instinct is to do but the exception to that is this could be hopefully a welcome distraction for people Mm -hmm. um, regardless of how you feel about the ruling on Friday and I also think what better time to listen to women talk 
to and with each other to um, talk about behavior that we're watching and our opinions about other women, you know, on a TV show that's focused really on women's lives. Um, I think it's a pretty good time to talk about housewives, psych, and truly anything at all. Because if you're anything like me, all I've been craving in the last couple days is honestly absolutely everything, content and otherwise. Um, so hopefully um, AG can be a little bit of a respite or connector, distraction or um, discovery, whatever the fuck you need it to be. Um, can I, Can we please talk about Girls Trip? Yeah, of course. <sighs> Absolutely. It's like, I mean, I, I devoured those uh, first three episodes that they um, that they put up on Peacock. It was... I mean, the thing is, uh, I'm not, it was not at all shocking that Vicky is anti-vax, but I thought it was shocking that she was cast on a show where production rules probably required people to be vaccinated, right? I mean, what was, what was more shocking to me, there are genuine medical exceptions that exist. I didn't think that she would have one, but then I heard when she was talking about her diagnosis and I was like, oh, okay, like that might be one and I'm not going to like yeah. judge her for that because there are genuine medical exceptions. What was surprising to me was that the rest of the cast didn't know that she wasn't vaccinated. Like yeah. I don't, I, Phaedra really didn't know. I do think that. And she's showing up there sniffling and coughing. I know and like sharing a room with Tamra I was like man if I was Tamra this is the moment that I would be like cool is there another pull-out couch like I don't know man that's that's some tough stuff I was honestly because we had all heard that there were going to be arguments about vax stuff politics stuff in the lead up for the premiere so that wasn't necessarily surprising what was surprising to me was that vicky vicky literally said i had covid because i didn't think she was even aware of that i thought she was gonna say i had like a cold of nameless origin probably because she had to take she probably had to be tested because she still it seemed like she was still dealing with covid residual residual stuff like after uh she had it she probably had to be tested for the I'm sure she had to be tested for the production right oh yeah I think that's like a bare minimum although she had a sinus infection so she hopefully was no longer I mean it's entirely possible that she was no longer contagious with COVID my hope would be that they would ensure that as best they could and, and then had a sinus infection but like how fucking scary to be a cast member being like what's happening well, you know what's interesting um, is that for the Real World Homecoming, the series mm, that's on yes. Paramount Plus, they all have to uh, quarantine for an, a full week in a hotel room by themselves, where they're, like they're not even able to, you know, like uh, see producers, mm-hmm. get food, whatever. Their stuff is delivered to them, uh, and I don't think that they did this for Girls Trip. I don't think they did a quarantine. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like. Taylor, Tamara, and Vicky all hopped off a plane from Orange County together. Yeah, it's confusing. Also because I've only seen um, Real World Homecoming New York, which was exceptional. And I know the other seasons that they've done are supposed to be great. I just haven't had a chance They're to great. watch them. But yeah. poor sweet Eric 
tested mm. positive like maybe the day before filming so this poor man who like really could use the resurgence he's he's doing so much good work in his life and like such a sweet guy and had to like you know facetime I, in it was it, such a bummer like, it was I such know. a I felt so bad for him and I love Eric Nice. I still have oh, such a giant crush on him God. now especially that he's like sober but he's um a shaman he like leads people through like ego death um trips wow. for for mushrooms like with mushrooms like he does it as like a ser- like a spiritual ceremony what's an ego death trip what does that mean oh uh, an ego death it's like when you achieve I'm going to do a terrible job of explaining it. Okay. It's like you have to take like a shit ton of mushrooms and you come to terms with yourself and you uh, realize your importance or lack of importance in the world, you know? Okay. You realize and you you just kind of like come to understand, you know, what complete loss of subjective self-identity. Are you Googling it right now? Yeah, okay. <laughs> like I, I was like, I'm gonna typing. do a terrible job. Like I hear a little pitter patter of that yeah, yeah. Word. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I mean, go air. I wish that they could do it again. Honestly, they need to do. They need to do a. I don't know, some sort of all stars, real world OGs or something. Because I feel like he deserves another. They've chance been doing to that on the challenge, but he's not been involved in it. He's he's on a journey. He's on a different journey now. He's like the challenge is like they're just trying to win money, but he's you know he and went to each do other the up. real world. Yeah, he went to do the real world homecoming because they were talking about like actual like political issues. Right. That's what they've been doing on all these seasons, which has been really really interesting and mm. makes the show really compelling. But anyway, back to Housewives. Yeah, I'm sorry, sorry guys, we had to detour a little bit. Uh, Once I get started on real world OG, I can't stop. Um. Uh, so what was your expectation? Did you think this season was going to be a little bit of like a chaotic shit show? Is that what you've been watching pan out? Like how has watching the first three episodes, has that in any way um, uh, changed maybe your potential perception of what this specific cast was going to be like? This is better than the first one. <gasps> this is better than the first one. Yes, because the first one was is like was OGs who are people who they're women who are definitely compelling, but they also know how to play the game to stay safe enough to stay on the shows, Mm. to stay likable. And these these women, the ex-wives club, they are just the women that don't give a fuck. Like they just do not. They they are themselves unapologetically. They're not going to, you know, bow toward anyone else. I mean, it's not like like. It's not like they're total animals or whatever, but they're mm-hmm. just um, more themselves. I don't know. And also, I forgot how much I loved Phaedra. And mm-hmm. she has been such a light to come back mm-hmm. on the show. Like, I just, I love her on TV. I love seeing her on TV. If you think of the return of these women on season two as a strategic move to either get back in the zeitgeist or audition for a return to Housewives, how successful have these women been? I think that they've all been really, well, not all of them. Right. I think that, uh, I think that Phaedra, Super Brandy, star return. Really? Tamra. Yeah, okay. Brandy. The whole reason why anyone's fighting is basically because of Brandy and Vicky. Um, although Vicky just is like, 
but at least Brandy gets in there, gets involved, and she has issues that people can talk about. Um, Vicky has been a real bummer. Like, she won't do anything. She doesn't feel like doing anything. She doesn't want to participate in stuff. But she definitely still has um, the, like, she definitely still thinks that she's the OG and she's better than everyone else and she doesn't Mm -hmm. have to do what she doesn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was really interesting when Brandy was like, yes, the, some of these girls who only just got off the show like a year or two ago are still in this like mindset. She's like, I've been off for years now. And you like get out of that kind of mindset. I thought that was like an interesting insight into the way their minds work, the way that that they are, you know, with each other. Do you think it's possible to be off the show too long? Like what happens when the show moves forward or in a different direction that's completely antithetical to your experience or the way that the universe existed when you were on, i.e. Taylor? Taylor. Um, and Jill, I, I guess. Know, I, mean, I don't know how much it's changed in New York, but. Uh, but Jill knows all those women for years right, and years right. and years. So I think it's so. different. Yeah. Um, Taylor, I don't know. I mean, but Taylor's, she seems to be doing like, okay. And the fact that she's like friendly with Tamara and Vicky because they live near each other is interesting. Um, but I don't know. Like it it was, I'm glad that they threw Taylor into the mix, Mm -hmm. honestly. Um, and I think Eva was just needed for, they needed someone to have good vibes. Like they needed someone to bring light to that a lot of dark energy that they had and I'm so so happy that we're moving into this phase in on Housewives on several shows where they're openly talking about their use of marijuana and and edibles Mm. and stuff I love it because it's better for you than drinking wine honestly and it's like it's just less socially acceptable and it's like newer you know because now it's legalized in, in many places so people still consider it like like how the way Vicky was saying when she was mm-hmm. like it's a drug it's a drug I don't do drugs and um Tamara was like it's not a drug it's it's marijuana um I don't know I I would have if I if I were one of them I would have absolutely been like oh Brooks didn't need to be on marijuana when he was having his <laughs> chemo oh, no. <laughs> you know I mean, so yikes. Uh, but I love that they're doing this. I love that they're so open about it. I love that they're just like hanging out and smoking weed and drinking wine because that's like my vibe. Uh, and I, I like that they're doing that. Uh, and I, you know, and I think they all made, they're all like making fun of Dorinda because she said she was on pause. But I have it on good authority that she was on pause, that she was just uh, told to like sit a season out, which actually was a, I think a bad decision on producers parts because that last season was just such a mess um of of New York so but she but she was like you know uh it was like a nini thing where they're like you sit sit this one out you know you can come back later but I feel like the nini aspect of it is different than Dorinda's I feel like there was This is the thing that I kind of struggle with because obviously we don't know the or I don't know the specifics of the conversation. I 1000 believe that they use the language on pause. I 1000 Mm. believe that Andy and the network did not 
think this was a permanent firing or as much of a firing as with sort of everyone else. Like on Mm -hmm. pause, I think was a very specific calculated phrase that was smart to use. Like I believe it. But when you're having that conversation with her, when you're telling her she's on pause, are you explaining to her why? Because what I'm watching in watching her behavior is examples of the reason she was put on pause because she got really dark and her anger. It's like, if you think of the percentage of a person and how your anger just kind of can seep in as a guttural instinct and get uglier and uglier, I think from it had always existed. She's always been dealing with this for quite a while. And it just the percentage got greater and greater on New York and then kind of took over. They put her on pause. But I don't know if they told her like this is the reason why if it in fact was. But I'm watching her on Girls Trip and I'm like I don't see her getting unpaused. Well I don't see it happening because because of of, because of the way that things are going to be going with that franchise. It's just like a total mess. And like their mm-hmm. casting is, you know, um, is uh, like a disaster. And they are just pausing the entire show for mm-hmm. at least a year. Um, but I heard from some a housewife okay. that I'm friendly with that okay. uh, she had had a conversation with Dorinda and, and had told her that it was because um, that she didn't show any like um, any like remorse or compassion 100%. when they were went during her last reunion Which and this me. one housewife was like you have to like you have to like kind of you have to kind of like you know make up with some people and you have to like sort of you know uh, be be able to say that you're still willing to work with them and blah 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 and like you ha- you can't just like demand that another, you like you can't make demands about the cast and that's kind of what she had done and so that's why they were like you know we're gonna put I think that they wanted to put her on ice and sort of like slap her on the hand like you know give her uh, give her something to think about and then but it s- still seems like she's like she hasn't yeah really ex- accepted that I don't know um I mean the other thing is that this is in her house and I would be mm-hmm. kind of shitting myself if these women were like running around my house with their shoes on and like, you know, doing And she does probably feel like she has to host. Yeah, I mean, I think that she's taking the hosting idea in the worst possible way, which is like allowing these aspects of her personality, which were already kind of counterproductive for her continuing on Housewives and allowing it to run rampant. And I don't begrudge her for that, but I also am like, Sweetie, this is not the way. And why did I put on you as a person my expectation that you would have grown a little? Like, maybe that's unfair of me. But if we're going to talk about ego death, there is the idea that like, I don't know, there's like, this is super unfair. They're very different people. But there's a sense of like groundedness and humor um, that Tamara has applied to being fired like she went on an Instagram live right after she was fired and said with Andy and was like you fired me (laughs) like she just Uh like she had a a sardonic way of just like Mm -hmm. not necessarily making light of it although she did but also just kind of moving through it and and seemed 
humble about it, which is really tough when you're like publicly fired. You know, like there's a way that she went about it where it wasn't a pity me tour like Teddy Joe, who I just bring up to trigger Mm -hmm. myself. But but with Dorinda, I'm like, okay, did we just hold strong because so many people in the community and audience just told you what a bad move this was? And we decided that their opinion mattered more mattered more than like the counsel you may have been given from production. Like what happened here? I feel like we're not learning the lesson that maybe some of us just really, really hoped and or expected that you would. I just want to point out that I don't think any of the housewives should have an ego death because then they wouldn't be be good housewives. Housewives, 100%. They need to to be kind of like not self-aware. They need to be like kind of up their own asses. Not to the point that Vicky is. Vicky like kind of, I mean, I still laugh at her a lot, like like how she's so ridiculous, but like she's just not it was different when she was like getting drunk and having fun and mm-hmm. and stuff like that but now it's just like a downer the whole time which I'm not like into she's like not yeah I don't know and the, and how she's like just kind of being a bitch to Dorinda she I mean she really is is, is being incredibly disrespectful if I was Dorinda I would be super pissed but also like Dorinda and not to like I mean listen uh, no offense to people on the west coast you're just people from in new york are just sharper it's they're just sharper Tracy, they're sharper and faster already cancel me ever because i say one uh, thing and people go on my whatever and say you're a stupid cunt because of that one thing that i'm like i don't need this in my life tracy if you can need- make it here you can make it anywhere everyone knows it <laughs> I mean, look at half the cast. Of not New everyone York. from Orange know. County can cut it here. I'm telling I, you, not, not everybody from New York can either. Not me defending. But, well, then the they West leave. <laughs> then they leave. But I'm just saying, like, they're just there's just something about New York. And and listen, like, uh, I don't like I'm I don't agree with like Ramona's politics, obviously, but uh, I do think that she would be able to argue circles around Vicky. Like, I think that she, like, Vicky to me seems, like, intention, willfully ignorant about stuff that, um, and, and expects people to just accept that about her, which I really just, I don't like, you know? What, what were they talking about? They were talking about something and they were like, I, now I sound like an idiot because I don't remember, but, like, they were, they didn't know, like, what a word meant or they didn't know what something was. What was that? I absolutely They were all talking. It was like, and then forget. Brandy had to. Brandy had to uh, correct them or something. She knew what it was. I forget what it was. I forget. Anyway, I just think that Dorinda, and plus Dorinda, um, you know, she's lived abroad. She was married to Richard, who was, you know, involved in politics. And finance, um, I think, too. Yeah. Yeah. So she's just been around a different cr- kind of crowd. Um, and I think that, like, it just, Vicky's crassness really, um, it really shows when compared to Dorinda. And Dorinda curses like a sailor, yells and screams and she's drunk, but she just um is just it's just obvious that she's more worldly. Well, I think that Dorinda initially really tries to be gracious, even though I have to say the way she was talking to Marco, like calling herself like the lady of the manor or whatever made me feel extremely uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. 
when I look at Vicky, I'm like, okay, you technically just got dumped yesterday, even though this man did not want to have sex with you for 13 months and was living in another country. So I don't know how <laughs> in much your house, in, in your house. So I truly, while I don't want to take away from her pain, how much of this was a surprise. But all that being said, her having a puss on her face when she rolled in, I don't think mm-hmm. we can put all of that on her breakup with no. Steve. I think she didn't want to do this. She wanted mm-hmm. to be in on an island season one on a mm-hmm. yacht having champs with Kyle and mm-hmm. some all stars and felt like this was beneath her. I actually I mean, like Jill says as much in a confessional, too, although Jill is like, yeah, much better. Vicky thinks everything's beneath her. She does. And that's not super interesting to watch. And it makes you wonder, Mm -hmm. honestly, as much as she's desperate to come back on Housewives, if this is just the kind of Vicky that we're going to get someone who just eye rolls at all of the newbies or anyone else who doesn't bow to her. And that is kind of the Vicky Gumbelson that we're going to see from now on. Like, how many times can the woman be called an OG of the OC before she believes that OZ, OC doesn't exist without her and she needs to be treated as such. Mm-hmm. This is my show. <laughs> I mean, but like for real, she really, but like the way that she has so much disdain for her environment or really sort of any environment, I just don't know how conducive that is for like entertaining content if she yeah. has already spiritually tapped out. And but don't like um, don't get me wrong. Like it, there are women that have been on this show who think that basically everything is beneath them, but they yeah. bring other things like like Lisa Vanderpump. But yes. they bring other things to the table, um, whether it's like humor, good one liners, you know, um, just having fun, mm-hmm. uh, having things going on in their lives. Mm-hmm. Yes. Doing and the work. Vicky is just like, yeah, Vicky just like shows up and thinks that that's enough. And it's like, it's ma'am, you sell insurance. Like it's, you're an insurance salesperson. And yeah, I know that you're a successful single mother, but like it, it's not that, it's not a glamorous job or very exciting. It's, it's, I would say probably it seems extremely boring. Although, you know, I do believe that she was doing work emails. I, I, I got to hand it to her. She has a work ethic like nobody else. Also, I don't even sort of care about the content because I think so much of most jobs are boring. It's like you being successful at this and creating it from the ground up is great, but that can't be your personality. Like Coda yeah. Insurance can't be your personality. And it's tough because – I think she is probably a difficult person to be friends with if you yourself are also a housewife. And I think Tamara's in a really difficult spot because she's trying to be a friend to this woman who she knows is like wild, but also wants to put on a good show. Like that's difficult because Tamara, I think, is like, honestly, all things considered, doing a pretty good job. Really intuitive. Yeah, she is. Tamara, she knows she knows what's up. But you don't think Brandy's go- doing a good job? It's not that I don't think she's doing a good job. She's obviously being herself, which is Yeah. The Brandy's reason. given Brandy. She's giving Brandy. It just to me when we talk about how like the future of Housewives has moved on in some ways when it comes to like 
Brandy, would she potentially fit in as a housewife today? Like, yes, because she is a, a an element. She is like a cycle of chaos. And mm-hmm. so she would shine bright and fast and be the shooting star she was before. But it's tough for me to watch a woman who constantly is angered when questions are asked about like why she hasn't grown like she takes Mm -hmm. that as an insult and it's like I get that but like it's insulting because it's true yeah I mean I uh I just the thing about Brandy that seems um just a little sad to me is that it's like kind of very clear that she has a drinking problem because she's I mean, I don't know. When your personality changes so drastically, and mm-hmm. everyone who has been on any show with her has said that, when your personality changes so drastically when you drink, like that's not manageable. That's not something that, you know, it's not. It's- Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Obvs. Introducing Home Threads where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. 
chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic non-stick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. It's not good. But I still think sort of similar to Dorinda, there is, I'm sure, an element of truth to that. But I do think she would be just as angry if she wasn't drinking, which makes me think that there's like underlying stuff here that she's hiding or allowing to come into light when she has alcohol, which like I'm sure entirely proves your point, but also when are we going to address this stuff like her the way that she, she spoke, said she's been in therapy though hasn't she so is did she, did she say that i mean i think a lot of these women have sought therapy or counseling but like at a certain point i don't know i'm not seeing with vicky i genuinely am seeing evidence of of in some aspects the way that she handled dorinda i am seeing evidence of like personal growth truly the way that mm-hmm. she de-escalated stuff when dorinda was like cycling up I was like okay this is an example to me of somebody who's like putting the work into action with Brandy I think she was just afraid I think that was just fear I don't think that was growth at all yeah but you can respond to fear in different ways and the way that she said in her confessional this woman is going to continue to flip out why am I going to contribute to that why don't I just try to de-escalate whatever language she used I thought was a valid point with Brandy I'm like I'm seeing no evidence of any kind of effort or work in fact, I'm seeing the opposite. This is a woman who's holding very strong to having opinions based on absolutely nothing, having emotions. <laughs> that was really funny, though. The eyebrows thing, and she delivered it with such a deadpan that, like, I literally burst out laughing when I was watching it. But that, <laughs> I mean, like, no, the eyebrows thing, I absolutely laugh, but I'm thinking more the, like, well, you did write a book really early, and there is, and I did love Russell, and saying these things where you're so... That was wild. But she said it so many times. Taylor did write the book early. I wish that they had explained, like when Taylor's explanation, I wish Mm -hmm. she had said that on the reunion show. Um, 
when Brandy first said that to her. But um, yeah, it was it was really I think that, that I, I honestly I just think that was all Brandy being drunk. I think she didn't even know. And was that the first dinner that they had? I think that was the first dinner, I right? So, when yeah. she got that I drunk so. and and she was saying stuff to Taylor about how she loved Russell and it was very hard for her. That, I mean, Repeatedly. that was that was that was wild. I think that that was a little bit of pills mixed with with mm. drinking because I'm assuming she probably took some Xanax. She talks a lot about taking Xanax. She probably took some Xanax for the plane ride, then got there, and then you know maybe she was like nervous, so you know she was drinking a little faster than normal. I I think she was out of her mind when she. I think that she was like totally blotto when she was saying that stuff. But the thing with like, why didn't Taylor say it before? I don't think she could because of her contract with the publisher. Like Brandy fired shots a decade, decade ago. She didn't have the information. She was a different in a different place or so we assumed. So to watch her make the same assumptions without asking this woman and saying repeatedly, not only how much she loved Russell, which I thought was incredibly weird. Did she know him? I think probably casually, but she's taking on ownership, beginning with admiration or affection for someone who abused his wife, where I was like, why aren't you starting with affection for this woman in front of you? We're starting with this guy. And then to say how much his suicide affected her repeatedly to center herself and do it without taking any responsibility for how her behavior affected the widow in front of her was so, to use one of your words, crass. <laughs> and she didn't take any ownership for any of it. Like, as Taylor I don't think she said, remembered. I don't think she remembered it, right? Because they were kind of telling her what she did the night before. Like, I, that's what I'm saying. I think that she has a drinking problem. I think she has a, I think she has a brandy problem. And I think it can involve drinking, but I think it can also involve being really way too proud of being emotionally immature and reactive I think she thinks that that's a badge of honor and I think she's mistaken I think she's a little bit wrong yeah I don't know I don't but I think that she thought she was I don't think she thought she was being immature when she was talking about Russell I think that she was actually thought she was apologizing in that moment she was just like doing it like messed up I mean, I don't know. I just you don't you don't like come out of uh, a restaurant with a tampon string showing, you know, if if you don't have an alcohol problem. I mean, she was like three sheets to the wind, like when you know, and that, and that's this has been going on for a decade, you know, at least, right? I mean, she did have unfiltered. What was the name of her Chardonnay? It was like unfiltered blonde or something. Am I making that up? That might be a made-up. Makes up. sense. It makes she sense. Had a, I mean, her, she had a Chardonnay line. She's not the, you know. I mean, her her uh, book was called Drinking and Tweeting, right? Right. So it's like, how do you figure out, oh, because alcohol for so many of these cast members becomes almost a part of the environment that you um, are pressured or in uh, – you know, celebrated to indulge in, how does that work when we are watching this kind of like chaotic behavior repeat itself? I just, I don't think, like, I get it. Like, she's at the center of the series and what would we have without her? But I think we would have other things going on. And I just feel like it's. I don't know. I like of, it. It's depressing. Uh, but I, I get Brandy's it. Brandy's being Brandy. 
uh, I I think it's it's all kind of like dynamite. Um, though, who do you think? Who do you wish that they had asked of ex wives? Oh Jesus, that's a great question. I have not <laughs> thought about it at all. Oh no, who do you wish? Does anybody come to mind for you? I'll think a little. I, I think that I had in New York. I think Tinsley could have been good, but I'm sure Dorinda would never have allowed her in her house. A hundred percent. But I would like to see Tinsley back. Maybe that's um, the only one from New York. Yeah, I think so. Right. Uh, unless yeah. Jules, but she's, she's, I don't know. I, I, but she wasn't, she didn't have enough. She didn't do enough. She had the one year. Um, I mean, obviously Caroline? I would say, I would say Nini. For okay. Me. Or Jacqueline yeah. Lorita. <sighs> Jacqueline's. T- I would say Nini 100%. And I would love to see a little Caroline Manzo back. Would love to mm. see it happen. She, um, uh, I'm sure she's like, is, uh, just wants so much money, you know, to do anything. I'm sure she does. But, and, and honestly, that money would be better served bringing her back to Jersey than to an offshoot special series because she would have more impact if she was you know amongst tree I just I just I never liked Caroline I always thought she was kind of sour and really yeah she and and I never found her children charming I (gasps) I didn't like the ham game I didn't like any of that stuff there if they're you know what it's I I'm from Jersey so like they're a kind of family and they're the kind that I didn't like you know like oh my god you have a pillow of Christopher (laughs) Who gave that to you? <laughs> my friend Jackie, I've been dealing with some health stuff, and she sent me a pillow of Chris Manzo that I treasure. I'm showing the screen. It is the wildest gift I've ever received when I tell you I scream. Did he sell those? No, she literally made it for me. Oh, that's really sweet. Is this not like the most perfect gift? Shout out, Jackie. Um, yeah, I I I hear you on the sour. She erred on the side of obviously controlling. I mean, the woman is truly thick as thieves with the people. What about Dina? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love Dina. I mean, I think what's that uh, the fact that um, there's this whole like the whole criminal yeah. thing with like uh, it's it seems to me and I don't know for sure, but it seems that Caroline would have been aware that. Tommy was behind that like botched hit or whatever it was when and when Dina and that and her fiance were beaten up and to like know that about your sister and to not say anything or, or help her and it's and to, cho- to choose the Manzo side I think is fucked up I mean if she didn't know before it happened that it was going she knows down now. which I was she knows now and yeah. to have to write a letter of good character yeah. to the judge or the court f- saying that this is a good guy is like oh man I don't know that's really tough to and for me and I don't know how filming Jersey would go because I actually think Teresa would be I don't know how that would go because she truly is such good friends with Dina that like, Mm -hmm. and how do you even have that conversation? Cause it's so serious and so legal. Like, how do you even walk through the like aspects? I I don't know if I was Dina, I'd be like, I don't know that I want you to talk about this. Yeah. But I think it, it would be a really, really difficult, I think conversation to even exist, let alone take place. You know, I think that would be incredibly tough. Um, 
so when it comes to you know the enjoyment of girls trip versus like bh for example what is satiating you at this moment like what are you kind of turning to and being like this is the vibe this is the energy that i feel like i'm really enjoying or need right now what i like about girls trip is that they're all stuck in a place together mm. and they can't escape each other and they, they don't have their families to go back home to. Mm-hmm. We don't have to watch them like do stuff at work. We don't have to like see them playing with their kids or whatever it is. Like we just get to watch them interact with each other. And that's that's the my favorite part of the show. So it's like Housewives on steroids. It's like mm-hmm. that's what, what makes the trip so good too when they go away on the show. Is because they're all kind of like stuck together. And but lately they've been putting them in hotel rooms. Beverly Hills, they usually stay in hotel rooms, which it just doesn't have the same effect as when they're all forced to stay in a house together. Like because, you know, look what happens. Like Sutton will walk in on Crystal and it Mm -hmm. It creates drama for two years. (laughs) Mm hmm. I mean, that's like the nice thing about this season of Girls Trip. It really actually genuinely does feel in many ways like a classic housewives trip, which Mm -hmm. is so wild because it's like you think of the Berkshires versus like a fabulous island. What's going to produce the most classically housewives feel? And I would argue in some ways that it's like maybe Dorinda's house, even though, you know, like the games are kind of low rent and whatever, but it does still feel that that energy of being stuck with these women, as Vicky reminds us every two seconds, is suffocating. And that is, in many ways, reminiscent of a classic Housewives trip, you know, three or a four episode arc. Yes. So that, that's that's what I like about it. It's like it's all the it's, it's there's no fat, you know, it's mm-hmm. just all the all the good stuff. Mm hmm. And then pivoting a little bit to Beverly Hills, uh, what's your reaction been to the season so far, the cast as it is? I like the cast. Yeah, tell me. I like the cast a lot. Diana Jenkins, it sucks that she's not wanting to talk about the the rumors about her book because Mm -hmm. uh, so I wrote the article that they like flashed on screen. (laughs) How did I not start with that i screamed i I texted you i was like holy shit okay give us all the background oh my god how did i not start with this oh my god the article they they put on screen was something i'd written like over 10 years ago um, for jezebel Jezebel, and it was about that website crazy days and nights which is a blind item gossip website and There was like a person that had become very active, a commenter had become very active in the comment section, and a lot of people thought that it might be Robert Downey Jr. because this person had a lot of like inside information about stuff and would say all these different things. And then they started talking about this Diana Jenkins book, which I didn't even know who Diana Jenkins was. I didn't know what the book was. And the, and it did seem very like I have no idea if it was like a book for call girls or whatever but it was very weird that there was just this book of like half naked celebrities in weird poses for this like why what was the point of the book I never really understood that so and I completely forgot that she was the woman until they fucking put that on my article on tv and I was like that's that lady oh my god um so it sucks for me, like, because I think that that's like super interesting. I I'm fascinated by that. I would love if she would talk about that. And she said that it was like this big project she'd been working on, like, but like, 
but I don't understand why. Was it for charity? Like, why was it called Room 23? I don't get it. I don't get what the artistic elements were behind it. I just, I don't get it. So um, I was just reporting. I was mostly reporting on this commenter that everyone thought was Robert Downey Jr. And I was reporting on the things that he had said. And that was one of the things that he had said. So this commentator, commenter, oh my God, words are hard, um, who many people think could be Robert Downey Jr. because it just so happens that the the blind items he would comment or the things that he would say always seem to have something to do with people he himself has worked with in the past. So I think a part of it was like compiling yes. the list of like he had thought about this person or this person and he just so happened that the person commenting just so happened that like literally everyone <laughs> he commented on there was some sort of link to yeah. Robert Downey. But with Diana, is it accurate to say that Room 23, I don't remember if this is true, was named after maybe a room at Chateau Marmont, which is where the photo shoot took place? I don't remember if that's a thing And that it makes it sense. Be. That makes sense. But yeah, like... Uh, but what's it, the purpose of it? I'm telling you, like uh, doing a, a photo shoot with half-naked women in a room at Chateau Marmont is really fucking seedy. It's high-rent seedy. It's what's the difference between that, though, and like Madonna doing a book called Sex? Because Madonna is like an artist who everyone knows right. who she is and it's her creative expression. And right. she was it was about like slut shaming and owning your sexuality. And it was mm. like this phase that she was going through. Who the fuck is Diana Jenkins? And like, why are we seeing pictures of Chloe Grace Moretz half dressed like, you know, younger and, and looking strung out in a bathroom? That was just weird. It was weird. I'm not saying that I I don't I'm not saying I believe that it was a book of her clients. I'm just saying that I thought the whole project was weird and never understood it. I mean, and it would be helpful to get an explanation of it. What was so interesting to me was she won't talk about it. She won't talk about it. And the person who was bringing it up was Rinna, who was featured in the book and so my question would be maybe not even to Diana, but to Rena, were you aware of these rumors? And if so, how does that affect your decision of referencing the book during filming? Like if I was Diana, I would maybe be having a conversation with Lisa Rena about why bring it up not once, but twice. Mm-hmm. The photographs tell a glamorous story of all that takes place behind these closed doors. They are a melange of playful, provocative, and intimate images that reflect the inspired mood of both Diana and Deborah. I guess Deborah was the photographer. It's just, it's it's called a fine art coffee table book. Okay. Well, I, I can see why someone would, you know, say that I could, I could see the logic leap of of someone making up a rumor that it's that it's about call girls and she's a madam because it's like who the fuck is she that she is doing this book because she wasn't the photographer yeah but she was the i think she came up with the concept right that had to be the whole purpose of it yeah <laughs> come on <laughs> you know she wasn't art directing that shit uh, probably not what do you think what do you think production was thinking she would bring in terms of value and do you think that that investment has paid off i think because she has serious money like really serious money all the money all the money yeah and then she has this like young hot husband and she was like what she's 48 and gave birth that's wild to me that's like crazy 
Um, and she definitely she speaks her mind like she's not afraid to speak her mind and or like disagree with people, I think. But she she is a little too I'm not I don't want to say classy, but she um, she's like ugh, she's not like wanting to like get into like she won't get into it with Sutton the way that Erica will mm-hmm. get into it with Sutton. Or or Crystal will get into it with Sutton. Like, um, uh, Diana is more of like a Meredith. Uh, I'm uh, I'm not going to engage. Yeah, kind of thing. And when it comes to engaging, there was a little bit of a shift, temporary or a truce or otherwise, some sort of um, detente happening with. Uh, Erica and Sutton what did you make of that of their little like bonding on the boat I think because Erica's drunk (laughs) like I think that yeah so when you're drunk you're just like you're feeling good maybe she has some pills and she's like you know you don't want to really fight with people like she's to me I mean she might have like a situational drinking problem I don't know but for me like Erica Erica's uh, personality doesn't seem like it becomes unmanageable when she's when she's lit like she actually seems a lot nicer and more fun um but I don't know I think that she I think she was just feeling good and just like wanted to be okay do you think that there's a way for them to come out of the end of the season and be on like decent terms I don't know not if Sutton is gonna stay real <laughs> You know, because Erica is really like trying to float this whole bullshit line of like her. The case is all done and she was proven to not have anything. That's not true at all. That's not true at all. Like every like those things are public records. I'm glad Garcelle is saying it in her interviews. Those are public records and everyone is like trying to be polite to her. Um, I will tell you, I was liking Dorit's funeral look in that in the one episode after the robbery but now it's like you know it's kind of become like a lot the the all black with the headband and like it's a lot of a lot of that look that like where she's like in mourning it looks like she's like in mourning cosplay you know I actually to be honest did not notice (laughs) (laughs) so isn't she wearing like a brooch at her throat like she looks like 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 a like like Laura Ingalls Wilder or something like, or someone like like more wealthy, not like a pioneer, but like uh, you know, like that kind of that era of like she's like all the way up, the collars all the way up. Uh, she's like literally buttoned up. Um. So, uh, Dorit and Garcelle just went to con with Andy and um Boy George to do some promo stuff for Bravo at some big convening. Um. And it did kind of, to me, inspire the question of, like, is there a possibility for Dorit to maybe get closer to Garcelle next season, especially because the dream team has seemingly imploded IRL? Do you think that there's the potential for that truly? They're on a vacation by themselves together, I'm sure, that they're bonding, you know? Right. Uh, Did they bring Garcelle as an interpreter? (laughs) (laughs) For Dorit. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, she, she speaks French. Like, were they all like, who speaks French? <laughs> oh, my God. For And what whatever language Dorit happens to be speaking at that time. I mean, it would be kind of interesting to have 
like a little bit of a backdoor alliance happening. Uh, maybe because maybe genuinely like you never know, as I have learned from Love Island, people can get into seemingly significant relationships when they're sort of stuck together yeah, in their own course. little universe. It would be somewhat fascinating to see the two of them come together because what do you make of the disillusion of the dream team trio? I think that Dorit, Dorit knows that Erica, like, and she, she like really backtracked last season, but she fucking knows that Erica, like the money wasn't right. And that, you know, she, she didn't like the sound of widows and orphans and like, and she and PK were laughing. I thought that was hilarious when they were laughing at it. That was the best moment of the season. Oh my God. The ankle was the best moment of the season. And they know it, regardless of them being oh forced my to God. apologize. Because Erica was sad. Please, the best moment of the season by far. Totally. Could watch it on a loop forever. Totally. Forever. Um, so I think Dorit knows. She knows what's up. Uh, and then Kyle is just always, like, trying to be diplomatic. So, uh, you know. But it's, to me, I feel like the one with, like, the blind loyalty is Rena, right? Mm-hmm. And they're still close now. What what's going on with the whole like the the Rinna and Kathy Hilton and the gays and hiring this gay guy and like it, it was hi- the gay guy said he was hired by Kathy Hilton to say stuff but then it turns out that he was hired by Rinna? What is going on? I don't think any of that was real. None I, of I it really was true. Cuz Rinna like retweeted it, it or I not retweeted know. it, reposted it or something. And then said that she was getting calls from people. None of it made sense. I like don't even want to. I just think it was all very odd. But I wonder if it will come out at the reunion because it was such a big thing on like Bravo's social for 48 or 72 hours, however long it was. But like, I don't know what's going to happen with Rinna and Kathy, but I do feel like in some ways, Rinna is creating a shield against critique about how she's handled the Erica stuff. I mean, like Rinna vocally agreed with Erica mm-hmm. that victims could be just filing nuisance lawsuits, which to yeah. me is completely um, indefensible and something that she should be held accountable. Like she didn't just totally. stay quiet. She vocally defended her. Yeah. And yet it's probably not going to be the biggest part of, you know, pressure at the reunion in a way that I think it should be I think also uh this stuff might come to the surface at the reunion because of uh whatever rift is going to happen between Kathy and Kyle Mm -hmm. yeah that Rinna seems to be in the middle of uh I um what was I just gonna say oh the after what I mean anyone who's seen the housewife and the hustler or is the hustler and the housewife whatever it was called on hulu Mm -hmm. abc news that was abc news like they're not gonna just like like they fact check they go to public records it's a news organization and those people their stories were heartbreaking the guy who was burned and his girlfriend burned with him and then he was supposed to get all this money and then tom just kept it and was like lying to him like very clearly lying it wasn't like a dementia thing he was like lying and saying he was setting up a a you know an investment fund for him and that just like was not the case that's um that it, that's that's hard to walk back from and yet hmm. she does not seem to have any 
anger toward Tom. The anger that Mm -hmm. she is sharing with us is against these lawsuits and against people's perception of her. She's not, she's very, very worried about how people are judging her, but she has in no way appropriately judged Tom, which I think she should be held accountable for. I don't think all of that's just processing and a woman trying to navigate this huge fucking enormous. Even Teresa Judice was like, she was vocal about how she was angry at, at Joe for getting her into this hot water. And Teresa, I feel like, prob- was actually just signing papers and didn't know what was going on. I, I truly believe that. Um, same. And I also think there was a moment, was it last season, where Erica was shit-talking Tom's kids for not visiting Tom? And yeah. it's like, then this tells me that the divorce filing was completely... It was a sham. Not real. Because you're not even, you're, you're literally, you filed from divorce from this man and have said how little you talk to him. And yet you are judging his children for this. Like, truly, where do you get off? You're not his, you're supposed to be telling us the reasons that you filed for divorce, not the reasons that he's a sympathetic guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when she did say in this most recent episode, when she said, you know, people wouldn't be mad at a doctor's wife if he was sued for malpractice. I thought that was I thought that was an interesting like I I was like, oh, that's true. But a doctor like a doctor's wife, like uh, would they be like angry at the patients? Would they be like lashing out at the patients? Would they be I don't know. I, I it just it's it's just it's I don't know it's because there's finances involved it's it's different from malpractice it's not like he it's not like Tom fucked up while he was representing them he won the cases um yeah to me it's less doctor's wife and more Ruth Madoff in the sense of like I don't know your work for his firm noting by the way that he had you on legal documents as working for his firm which is a, a side conversation but it's to me not a doctor's wife. If a surgery goes wrong, are you going to um, litigate in conversation or in court the wife in that scenario? I would say no. no. But did the wife benefit from a surgery going wrong? Like, if you want to get into like the cost of the surgery, I guess we could sort of try to navigate that path. But this man stole money and bought yeah. you diamond rings, diamond earrings with it, which you were still saying, regardless of whether or not it was purchased with stolen money, deserved to be yours. So like, it's not the same thing. Like you make that me painting, think more that of That million Ruth. dollar painting. Where is that? Oh, did that I get, I don't, did that I get mean, taken? You know, that um, buying expensive art, I don't know if I've talked about this um, on here before, is, um, is this like, very well-known method of laundering money that happens and that's usually um covered by department of homeland security i had to do a bunch of research for dhs or like on dhs so i've i learned about like the about this like art heist thing that they do like it like people if if you like um there was like one case they had it was in some in some country in south america this guy that was like super super rich he was like the head Mm. of some like bank and he was funneling this money and he was buying art and putting it in different countries so that it was unable to be confiscated so i'm like so curious where that painting went you know 
so would it be something that the Department of Homeland Security would take as opposed to like the FBI in that situation? I wonder who has like, I don't think jurisdiction is the right term, but like. If they cross who- borders, it would be DHS probably because they're border control wow. as well. That's an interesting question. I mean, like all the various ways of like what happens to all of all of these pieces. I mean, a lot of it's being figured out now, just even specific to whatever settlement she's going to come up with. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't know that her behavior, I don't know if her behavior on the show is hurting her in any way or just kind of like a stagnant sort of process where people where she's, you know, it's maybe not going to help her overall with how people feel or maybe it is like maybe seeing her lighter and like trying to get through it and like having funny moments is showing another side to her which doesn't take away from her needing to be held accountable but just but does also show like okay there are other aspects to her that she herself has refused to reveal yeah I mean my god (sighs) It is a little bit of a to be continued. I need to have you back on. I We need to discuss Girls Trip as the episodes go on. I think there's only eight total, and it's wild that we've already had three. Like, that feels insane we could, to we me. We could use more than eight, honestly. We could, and I also saw something on social, but I think it's, like, rumored and not real, so, of course, I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> um, that New York's um, legacy is being – and, again, this is, I'm sure – could be total bullshit and also could be something that they're saying now to advance troubleshoot and then they could change at any time but it's being envisioned as also eight episodes and one season only like a Mm. swan song for the ogs what do we think about that i mean maybe it's not being envisioned as a one season maybe they are just doing like a one season contract and it's like we'll Mm. see what happens you know yeah it's like an option to pick up Right. What are you hoping for when it comes to the cast? I don't know. I don't even understand the concept. Concept. (laughs) I don't understand it. Like, why why are we having two versions of Real Housewives of New York? Because Ramona can't be around black people? Like, is that what it is? Um, (laughs) I mean, but like, literally, is that what it is? Is that they're so afraid of what she may do or say, but they don't want to cut her entirely? Is that what's happening? I think that they just I actually think that Ebony was bad casting and I think that they should have found a woman that was like um, like organically friends with Leah or, you know, in that kind of Upper East Side circle of those women, like a woman of color. Um, Ebony just like coming in. I mean, that that had to have been that was like difficult. And then she felt like she needed to teach people about race. And it's like. You know, like the way Garcelle just fit in seamlessly with these the women on Beverly Hills. like, And she still talks about race, but she's not like pedantic about it. She like came in and says, you know, when something bothers her. Um, but she just is like, you know, she knew Rena for years. She's like part of that. Like they're 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 kind of in the same, you know, they run in, a, in the same kind of circles. And they needed someone like that for New York. And they just, I think that they were rushed. They rushed it, the casting. I think that it always helps when there's organic relationships. But I think that this season being a shit show was not on Ebony. I think that like Ebony maybe not being a No, it was on producers. 
Yeah, I think it was the season was a shit show because the producers were bad. Yeah. And I think that the way that they edited Black Shabbat so that Ramona's racism and anti-Semitism was framed around a to-be-continued was honestly grotesque. And that's not on... That was, to me, one of the lowest points of any Housewives moment uh, to be continued, whatever. And that's, to me, entirely not on Ebony. That's a 100% on Ramona being a piece of shit who is never held accountable except for a one-liner half-assed apology on Watch What Happens. She almost converted to Judaism. (laughs) Ramona? That's what she said on that episode. But she she was with a man. She was probably, no, I was about to say, she was just trying to fuck somebody and was like, I'll do whatever you want. Oh, I thought it was the the guy she was engaged to. And so she was like going down that path. I don't know. I've never read Life on the Ramona Coaster. Yeah, I have, and I don't remember that. What I do remember is opening a random page to a picture of her in a bikini saying, look at my fit body. So um, I don't know. I don't. I would love <laughs> to get her thoughts on the Talmud, but I don't know if she has a two-piece that would be appropriate for that <laughs> conversation. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, like, the Ebony thing, it, it, the, and to say thing, I mean, like, the, uh, you know, difficulty of the Ebony conversation is, like, so often I'm not saying that you're doing this but like so often when people think of last season the conversation starts with Ebony and I just think like the conversation is like Ramona was very very bad and yeah I don't know Ramona was being Ramona though is the thing so it's like I, I think she revealed herself in a way that people who love Ramona and you can have you have the right to love whomever you want for a multitude of reasons, but it's like, okay, well now she's really showing you who she is. Now there's no way not yeah, to but she say always that did, she- right? She's I never had any um I never had any sort of false yeah. image of her in my head. I never I I always knew that she, I mean, like I don't watch the shows because I like the women, you know. I I watch the shows. I mean, and sometimes I do end up liking certain women on the shows. I watch mm-hmm. for the drama. Yeah, I wonder what would have happened. I wonder if we would have still had um, a split of Legacy and New New York if we had had a reunion. I think that the reunion could have actually resolved a little bit, not in making Ramona a human person, but giving Ebony the opportunity along with some of the other housewives, including actually Ramona, to share their opinions. And I think taking that away, it was like there was no chance for any closure for anybody who watched the show and was absolutely horrified. Like, yeah, you just took that away. So all you've left is our remembering our feelings of being horrified. How's that going to help New York? Like, which makes me concerned about, you know, the split path that we're on but I guess we're just gonna see I mean also like who's even gonna be on it like who's on new New York I don't know there are these rumors yeah I don't know if Leah is staying I don't know well she would be on legacy right but she's young I feel like she would be the one to like she'd be like the the starter dough for (laughs) for the 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 sourdough starter or whatever for the new the new Real Housewives because like legacy I I think of women of a certain age you know well I mean especially women of a certain I would say housewives generation of like have you been on for a decade you know like are you an OG or spiritual OG like I think of Dorinda as a spiritual OG like uh, with with Leah though doesn't that cross over into a little bit of a like I mean she had such a bad second season which she herself 
discusses. I don't see how they them doing a reset, but bringing Leah back. I don't know that she would even be interested in it, but I don't know what that does in a good way, in a in a productive way of moving the show forward. If you bring Leah on, you know, I mean, I would love to see Tinsley back. Now I, that would, she's I mean, not Tinsley with to me is a different conversation. Scott. Scott. Yeah. What is Tinsley doing right now? I don't know. I'm assuming she's in Florida with her mother. I feel bad for her. She reminds me of Jules in a certain way, just in the sense that, like, they didn't need this show. And mm-hmm. she's not necessarily interested in doing, like, the social media game of it all. She really will kind of just live her life and do whatever thing she wants to do, which makes me want to see her all the more. Like, I yeah. want to see what she's got. I don't think that story was finished. I really don't. I don't either. Um, listen, I, I don't think this episode is finished. And yet here <laughs> I am finishing it. Tell the people where they can buy the fabulous shirt that you're wearing, following you on social. What what do we got cooking? What's coming up? Pot psychology and so much else. Tell us everything. Um, yeah, you can. Um, when is this episode going to air? Tomorrow. Okay. Um, this week I'll be publishing an episode of Pot Psychology where I talk about all my abortions I've had. Um, I feel I feel like it's really uh important that women who've had abortions start discussing it. Um, to really try to take the stigma away. Um, also, if you are interested in donating to organizations that help women seek abortions, women who are living in hostile states where it's been banned. Um, I have all that info on my website. It's pipedreams.fun. Just click on any of the abortion shirts. And if if you buy a shirt or a hat, um, you can also – all the proceeds go toward those organizations. And, um, yeah, that's about it, I think. Right? Um, well, I just have to say that everybody needs to be following you on social, especially my oh. social of choice Instagram because – for so in so many dark moments this weekend and beyond, I think that your voice and your anger has been very much appreciated. Uh-huh. I have laughed a couple times <laughs> like your and sent them to people being like, holy shit, Tracy's saying some stuff right now, and it's amazing. Um, so I always appreciate you coming on AG, but just your voice, I think, is incredibly necessary, especially Aww, right thank now. Thank you so much. I always enjoy coming on. Can't wait to go in the office in person. Oh, my God. Please. Can we please have a cloth, a little turtle time <sighs> in the cloth? I would love a little um, Kiki record moment. And, guys, follow me on social at Dame Galley. Thanks to all of you who bought tickets to Andy's Girls virtual live show um, with Loop Live last week. We had special guests, Lisa Barlow, who gave us so much I literally, you're gonna, you're wow, I didn't know she gave tea. Oh my god, she at certain points was like, Should I be saying this? And I was like, Yes, Lisa. (laughs) I had my face over. The crazy thing is, like, people can't see us when we're recording, but like, you could see me obviously at the live show, and I had my hands over my mouth for literally 30%. (laughs) Um, So you can still buy tickets and watch the show by getting on demand tickets. And we've actually extended availability for those video on demand tickets. Same price as watching live, 15 bucks. They will be available at loopedlive.com until this Sunday, July 3rd. 
So if you missed out, you actually didn't, you can still watch the show until July 3rd at loopslive.com for 15 bucks. And thanks to, of course, Lisa Barlow. We had special guest Deandra Simmons, Dallas Housewife as well. And of course, the incredible Damian Bellino, OG of the AG, joined me to co-host. Um, and, you know, if you want to donate to our Instagram donation fundraiser, etc., whatnot for Planned Parenthood, you can do that on my Instagram at Dame Galley. And shout out to all of you. Uh, for being Patreon AGs. I cannot thank you enough. Um, truly, I literally, it's the only reason AG has stayed on, uh, the train has stayed on its tracks. Truly, Tracy, what are words? Um, if you want to get exclusive <laughs> bonus episodes and so much more, patreon.com slash Girls. Send me your satchels of gold because I'll be doing another satchel spectacular this week. And Tracy Morrissey. Keep on Thanks keeping so on, much. my friend. Oh, I will. Guys, hang in there. Um, you know, hope this app gave you a little bit of something to think about until the next one. All right. Talk soon, guys. Have Bye. a good one. Bye-bye.